Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time to get inside the Giants home. Let's go, let's go, let's go. On Giants.com. I like it, I like it, I like it. And the Giants mobile app. Give me some juice. Part of the Giants podcast network. Let's roll. All right, welcome to Tuesday's Giants Little Podcast, our weekly hit with Sean O'Hara, one of my favorite shows of the week. It's all brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the New York Giants. Sean, we got to talk after a Giants victory. They defeat mm. the Washington Commanders 14-7. to I know, big dub for the Giants, and they did it with defense. Yeah, phenomenal defense. Obviously, coming into the game, just five sacks on the entire season, and to get six sacks, um, you know, look, it, it was Washington, and Sam Howell is the most sacked quarterback in the NFL, but we will take it. Uh, <laughs> it was pressure. You know, really, we've always talked about edge pressure, but there was good pressure interior. Oh, Dexter, Dexter Lawrence, Lawrence dominated the game. Oh, man. He, I mean, he was eating Nick Gates' lunch uh, all day long. And, and Nick Gates and likes his lunch, by He the does. Way. He's not scared. He's not, he's not missed many meals, <laughs> no. no doubt. But I know that that was going to be a matchup that he was looking forward to, and, of course, Nick was looking forward to as well. They know each other so well. Um, of course, Nick Gates being a New York Giant uh, for so many years uh, before going down to Washington. But... You know, the, the interior defensive line, both Leo got his first sack of the season, I believe. On a stunt, um, yep. And that was actually Dexter took three guys took with him. Three like, guys it was like out, a, it yeah. was a TT he twist. Did, so yeah. Dexter is over here. He twists in there on he's the penetrator and Leo looped around and there was nobody there to block him. So um defensively they did a great job. I thought even stopping the run. Like they were very um, they're very dominant in that capacity, very physical. Tate Banks got his first interception of the game. Uh Bobby O'Karake, another Awesome performance, back-to-back weeks with 11 tackles. Um, he was all over the field. And I tell you, the guy that's kind of flown under the radar, Micah McFadden. No, he's had, he's had a nice couple weeks. Like, he just yep. keeps showing up. Like, they're sending him on blitz. That play where it should have been a pick six, Kayvon Thibodeau, just, the ball goes right through his hands. I think he was already visualizing the celebration uh, before he caught it. But Micah McFadden was the blitzer on that play. He was the one providing the pressure, almost had the sack, yeah. and forced that errant throw. So uh, great job on defense, some things to clean up on special teams, but offensively uh, found the end zone. That was huge. Yeah, we'll talk about all that. want to stick on the defense real quick. I thought they also had three or four just unblocked pressures, a couple which turned into sacks, one on the final defensive stand, which Howell managed to escape and almost got that pass for a first down. Yeah, that was Isaiah but, Simmons. Yeah. Uh, and he was like, yeah, I could see him after the play, he was like hitting himself in the head like, oh, Oh, he should have had the sack. That should have been the game right there. Yeah, he's lucky Howell threw it behind. Yeah. I think it was Curtis Samuel, right? Or was it Dotson headed towards us? I think it was yeah, Curtis Samuel heading towards the silent. But I thought Wink did a good job of scheming that stuff up. And I was amazed when I watched back the tape on Monday morning. Eric Bietting, he kept calling these long downfield routes. Like, it's not like Sam Howell had all these checkdowns he was giving up. Like, no. he's getting pressure on his face. And guys are running 20-yard crossers, deep in cuts. And I'm sitting there, I'm like... Eric Bieniemy, haven't you figured out that you can't block these Giants defensive linemen yet and they can't figure out the blitz package? Stop calling downfield routes, but much to the Giants' benefit, uh, Howell kept holding the ball and the Giants kept getting home. Yeah, I wasn't going to correct Bieniemy. We were happy to, that he was going to ha- have him hold the, hold on to the ball as long as he did. Um, you know, you would have thought Jahan Dotson would have been a, a much more likely target because he's kind of their intermediate or guy. Or their tight end. Who been, um, yeah, Logan, yeah, he had Logan, a, he had a couple yeah. big catches. Actually, he, he broke a couple tackles. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you you know, things worked out from that capacity, but uh, I, I think the matchup that was really fun to watch was Tay Banks versus Terry McLaurin. 
Like that, that, that was a really good battle. They were yapping too. I dude. thought Tay Banks more than held his own, and I thought that he proved to the league that he can hang with the best. Of them. Look, he he's gone against Diggs. In the second half, though. Yeah, I mean, look, mm-hmm. they're like I think for every defensive player, like look, you're going to get beat sometimes, yep. especially as a corner. But I just, I like the competitiveness in him. He Very didn't back physical. down one one iota, and you know you look at some of the receivers he's faced this season already. Um, you know, I think that's he's a bright spot for the Giants going forward. No, he's he he did a really nice job, absolutely. All right, let's jump to the offensive side of the ball. Not just one first half touchdown, Sean. We got two. Yeah. We got two for the price of one. And the bottom line, it was big plays. And the Giants had seven plays of twenty or more yards. One of which was a Tyrod uh, Taylor scramble. I don't believe Saquon had a twenty yard run. So that means six passes of twenty yards or more. Three of which went for 30 or more yards. That set up pretty much all their scores. And Tyrod Taylor, again, showing great touch on passes down the field. And on plays, by the way, he was able to get rid of the ball fairly quickly. Yeah, we. I felt like this was a good recipe for us. Saquon has always had good games against Washington. He's kind of got their number. Coming into the game, I think he averaged 5.8 yards per yep. touch, per carry uh, on the ground. And it was the legacy game. So, you know what? Of course we bring back the explosive plays. So that, that was a big part of it. Um, I think when you look at, obviously, getting Darren Waller involved, he had a monster game, his best game as a Giant. Um, Seven for throw, 98 and a touchdown. That throw to Waller in the end zone was sick. I yeah, mean, but that, he that wasn't was, really open. He no, threw he was, open. he was kind of running behind the linebacker, and it was a perfect placement by yeah. Tyrod Taylor, and it was kind of our ball or nobody's ball. And Waller, as soon as he cleared the linebacker, he knew he was getting the ball. Like He kind of looked back with urgency, and you could see it. So that was great chemistry, great connection, really good accuracy by Tyrod. And then I thought Tyrod did a really good job. When, when there was pressure, he was decisive. Like, you know, I'm running for the ball. I need, I'm running for a couple yards. Even if he got three or four yards, it was a positive play as opposed to, you know what, waiting in the pocket and then there's a sack. So he did a good job with that. And then on the Saquon play, the 32-yard uh, reception for the touchdown, that was Tyrod actually buying time, moving around with his Stepped legs, up in the pocket, but yeah. keeping his eyes downfield, mm-hmm. seeing Saquon kind of break open from the linebacker. So those were uh, obviously some really big plays. And then I thought, we talked about it earlier, the throws up the sideline. Like Tyrod's the throws high. outside the numbers. For two weeks in a row now, he's been money. Like he's dropping them in the bread basket. Um, and, and I think as receivers, that's what you love. You know when a guy's going to give you a chance to, to, to make a good catch. Um, that gives you a lot of confidence. So definitely uh, it was very uh, nice to see the explosive plays. I really think the defense fed off of that too. Yeah. And you could see they had a little more vigor. They had a little more energy when the offense started moving the ball and scoring points. You're ready for a change. Payday comes early with citizens. So go to that retreat. New you moves to the country. Now you're raising goats and launching a lifestyle brand. Are you ready for all that life brings? Hey, Giant fans, I just watched this great new series with Eli Manning, Champion the Journey, presented by Citizens. Eli talks with Tracy Wilson about life after the Giants, though he's still with the Giants, just in a different capacity, and everything he's working on now, like broadcasting and his business endeavors. You can check out the series now at citizensbank.com slash champion the journey. And we've given some, maybe heat is the wrong word, but I'll use it here, to the Giants wide receiver, Sean, not making those plays above the X's and O's and making a lot of yards after catch. Well, you had three short passes in this game. One to Wanda Robinson. That was just yeah. a simple throw in the flat that turned into a 20-yard gain. There was a short, sa- shallow cross to Darren Waller that turned into a 20-yard gain. Then he had the little the pass you mentioned already to Barkley, which was just a little pass to the flat. He breaks the tackle, turns it upfield for 30 yards. So while Tyrod deserves all the credit he, he gets for those passes down the field, the receivers made the most of a couple of the simple short passes too. That yeah. they turned them into big plays. I think the key with short passes is accuracy. You got to get them on the move, right? Yeah. If you hit them in stride, now all of a sudden they, they they don't have to slow down at all, and now they can break those tackles. So 
<coughs> excuse me, the timing is big, but the accuracy might even be more important. So yeah. I thought Tyrod did a really good job with that. And Jalen Hyatt made some unbelievable catches, and he almost had that one-handed touchdown catch. Like that would have been very Odell-like, that one-hander in the end zone. Um, I, I thought he provided a nice part. Do you think his arm is getting pinned? Do you think he just was trying to fend them off with one and then grab it? I couldn't yeah. tell on the replay. I think there might have been some grabbing going on, but okay. like he kind of corralled the ball into him, and then it hit the shoulder pad of the defender, yeah. and that kind of knocked it out. But it was almost that was almost a sick catch. And then he did um, a good job of breaking up a potential pick on the other one down the left sideline yeah. that went yeah, to the he safety. Yeah, he had to play defense. Um, since we're giving the receivers some love too, you know, I, I know you were probably going to get to it, but the offensive line—they were next. Go ahead, give yeah, them love. That, I mean, that, they weren't great, but they were certainly good enough. And yeah, it was one play to Darren Waller which really stood out to me Sean he caught him in cover one on most cover one plays he was just kind of going deep high quick down the sideline right but he was it was a max protect two tight ends stayed into chip and Barkley on a play action stayed in too but as we've seen the first five or six weeks that hasn't necessarily meant that nobody's getting to the quarterback but it held up and that was that deep cross from Waller that went for 30 yards and I'm like that is one of the first plays all year where I've seen them actually be able to hold the ball back there, scan the field, wait for something to get open down the field. And the offensive line, even if you just do that a few times over the course of the game, it can make all the difference, and the line did do that in this game. Yeah, I just kind of want to paint the picture um, for Giants fans, for anybody else that's watching this right now. Like, just picture this. The two starting tackles in this game, Justin Pugh and Tyree Phillips, were not on the team when the season started. Justin Pugh was literally on his couch. He, he didn't play in the preseason. He didn't play in training camp. Tyree Phillips was with the Eagles as of Tuesday afternoon. He was on their practice squad. So I, the Giants sign him Tuesday, bring him up. He's basically introducing himself to Tyrod in the huddle. Like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm your right tackle. Now remember, he was here in the, in the summer, which helped a little bit. Right. He sure. was here last mm-hmm. year. He started, I think, f- five games, mm-hmm. you know, f- a couple at, at right tackle and one at left tackle. So, you know, a little familiar with the offense. But for him to come in and start at right tackle, and I thought he played well. Look, there's going to be a couple plays where, you know, I'm sure he'll say he wishes Ooh, he, he could do a both. He a few pressures. He did a good job. Yeah, he did a really nice job. And I think at that point, you just wonder if the communication is there. Mark Lewinsky back in at right guard. Marcus McKeithen is at left guard. Um, you know, Bredesen in there at center. And, you know, I thought Pugh, that basically he gave up probably two sacks in the game. Chase Young is, is, is a heck of a player. But I thought the offensive line, for having never played together that five, I think you have to give them credit because Bobby Johnson has been taking strays left and right. People are, you know, kind of grumbling about the offensive line. This is a, a mash unit right now out there, and the fact that they were able to, to hold up, not just in the passing game, but there were some legitimate holes. There were some some running lanes for Saquon. No, about four yards and per carry. It was I, I think that was an impressive, an impressive feat for both the offense, for the offensive line. Uh, Bobby Johnson certainly did not get a lot of sleep because the one thing people don't think about, when you sign a guy like that, Tyree Phillips. Guess who has to spend extra time like getting him up to speed on the playbook? Bobby hey, got 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 to figure it out. The coaches are the ones that got to spend extra time making sure this guy knows what he's doing. Even in the hotel Saturday nights, like all right, let's go through everything again. So uh, you know, definitely a game ball to all those guys. Yeah, I thought they did a really nice job. I agree with you. Hey, Giant fans, Citizens are presenting a new video series, Champion the Journey, where Eli Manning talks to Tracy Wilson about his elite quarterbacking skills that help make him ready to succeed in his post-football career. Watch the series now at citizensbank.com slash champion the journey. Citizens, the official bank of the Giants. And now this week, Sean, as of this recording, we don't know who's going to be back. Giants taking on the Jets. We'll see if Daniel Jones is back. We'll see if Andrew Thomas is back. John Michael Schmitz will have to monitor that over the course of the week. But the Jets, it's another really good defensive front. And frankly, it's probably a 
better front in terms of rushing the passer than Washington is, if you look at their pressure rates and stuff like that. And they're deep. This is one of those Philadelphia Eagles type of fronts that goes six, seven, eight deep. They got a bunch of edge guys that can get after the quarterback. Quinn Williams is one of the best pass rushing defensive tackles in the league. We'll see if the Jets get their two cornerbacks, uh, Reed and Sauce Gardner, who both missed their last week prior to the bye. But the Jets' defense is something. So this is going to be yeah. another tall order for the Giants' offense. The thing that jumps out right away, obviously, the pressure you mentioned, but the takeaways. Like, defensively, you know, they just had a bye week, so the standings probably changed. But they were leading the league in takeaways um, as of a week and a half ago. So that's huge. Obviously, the the three takeaways that they had against the Eagles that helped them win that football game. And week Jer- one against Hurts. Buffalo, too. Yeah, week one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think this defense is so physical up front. Jermaine Johnson is the guy that just – I mean, when you turn on the film, you're like, man, this guy's demolishing people. So that's going to be a tough out. And I think for Andrew Thomas, if he can come back, that absolutely helps this offense out. It gives it uh, more stability at the left tackle. And then you could always move Justin Pugh in at guard if you needed to, and that gives some more yeah. uh, strength uh, up front as well. So that'll be big. And then, of course, for Evan Neal. But no doubt, you know, as much as their pass rush is good, you know, Quinn and Williams is a stud up front. Um, you know, they, they've got some other guys out there, and I think – Two of the most impact guys on that defense right now are Quincy Williams. Quinn's he, younger brother. He's yeah. actually leads the team in tackles. And C.J. Mosley, who's second in, in tackles, C.J. Mosley has been on fire. He's a tackling machine. Um, that guy plays downhill. He's got such great instincts. Like when you watch the film, he's moving towards the ball before anybody else like kind of recognizes and, and diagnoses the play. So he's got a great nose for the football. Um, that's going to be a big challenge. How do you kind of scheme? You want to run a screen play to Saquon Barkley? Well, you better have somebody out early finding C.J. Mosley because he's like a heat-seeking missile. He will find that running back. Um, he's got a bunch of tackles for a loss as well. So he's he's a heat-seeker. He's coming down to the end. Look, he's got a bunch of pass breakups too. He's got one interception on the season, but C.J. Mosley is very good. I think he's very underrated as a, as a, a pass-defending linebacker. Fred Warner's probably the best in the league right now, but C.J. Mosley's not far behind. Yeah, and again, D.J. Reed and Sauce Gardner, their two top corners. We'll see if they're able to play in this game. And then, you know, two guys we even mentioned, Bryce Huff and Will McDonald. These guys are guys yeah. with legitimate pass rush juice, and they're like their fourth and fifth like edge players. These are guys that would be getting significant snaps for the Giants. Their pressure rates are, are, are through the you know through the roof. So whoever plays on an offensive line is going to have to get the job done. I think it's going to be important again, Sean, like this week, to not get behind. And we'll get to what the defense has to do against their offense in a second. And run the ball and stay balanced. Because yeah. you don't want to drop back 30, 35 times against no. this Jets defense. No, you definitely don't. And when you're playing a team like the Jets that has that much depth, like one of the things that we talk about saying, hey, we should go into it and go an up-tempo. Like, it's not the two-minute offense, but if you go up-tempo, now they can't substitute. And Giants did that against Washington, too. They did a lot in the huddle yeah, in the first and, half. And, and that's game. by design. Number one, you, you want to kind of create a little vanilla scheme defensively, but it doesn't allow them to substitute. Mm-hmm. And so there's nothing tougher than an offensive offense lineman on the eighth play of the drive. They bring in a fresh set of horses, and now they got fresh legs and they're teeing off on you on play nine. So if you can get some long drives in there and go, on the, go no huddle, just a little up-tempo, that can kind of work in your favor. You love turf. You're good at it. So you start a turf biz. Business grows. Your savings grow. Become the most celebrated name in turf. Are you ready for all that life brings? All right, then the Jets offense, this is going to come down to stopping the run. Brees Wall's not, not just a good running back. He is a big play waiting to happen. You give him space, he can take off, and you're not catching him. He, you know, Go back yeah. to his combine numbers he ran, and I believe it was a high 4.3s or low 4.4s, but he's very fast. And 
we'll get to Zach Wilson in a second, but for an offensive line like the Jets, which is not quite in the dire straits the Giants' offensive line is in, but is not in great shape either, they're going to want to run the ball and protect their quarterback with Brees Hall. Yeah, no doubt. They're going to want to build everything off the play action. Brees Hall has been so explosive, so you've obviously got to tackle him and, and eliminate those big runs, but He's averaging six and a half yards a carry. Yeah. So uh, he's definitely their bell cow. Um, Gary Wilson, you know, we saw him in the preseason, right? Aaron Rodgers kind of threw that fade, that, sh- that back shoulder fade to him, um, the, the one touchdown that he had in the preseason. And I think when you look at those matchups, you know, that's going to be a big part of, of this as well. The one guy I think that really is, you know, going to be a lot of focus on is Kayvon Thibodeau against Mekhi Becton. So Becton obviously was at right tackle when the Giants played him in the preseason. That was his first time actually playing with the ones. Now he's over at left tackle, so things are a little bit different. Um, he's been a little susceptible to the inside move. Um, Mekhi has. And that's how Thibodeau's that. gone home a couple times and this year, yeah, Yeah, Mekhi, I mean, Kayvon has had multiple sacks. Two or three of his sacks have come from that inside move. And he had another one um, and a half this week, by the way, up to right. five and a half on a year now. Yeah, he had two against Seattle doing that exact same move. So mm-hmm. that'll be that'll be key to watch. Um, you know, and obviously, it's a Giants home game. It's a one o'clock. Crowd noise should be a factor. So I thought the fans did a great job showing up for the legacy game. They were loud. They were into the game when, against Washington. We're going to need that same kind of energy. And as for Zach Wilson... He's improved. I don't think there's any doubt about that. He's not making the type of game-killing, critical mistakes that you can't live with as a coach as he was last year. And he made some big plays, too. Some of those throws he made against the Chiefs in that primetime game were great. Obviously, he had the fumbled snap in that game, which he was beating himself up over. But he's still not a guy that's going to put the offense on his back and carry it. So he's he's mobile. He can make some big throws. He will throw it to Garrett Wilson in coverage, trust him to make some plays. But he's not a guy that's going to carry the offense here. I think Wink, the same way he did with Sam Howell and with that offensive line, some of the front C shows and some of the yeah. blitz packages, zone dogs, so, you know, blitz playing man, dropping guys, bringing secondary guys, that type of stuff could be really effective against a young offensive line, a banged up offensive line, and a quarterback like Zach. Wilson. I fully expect Wink to bring that heat early on. The full I, you know, will and be it's, on you kind of want to when you have, whenever you have a, a young quarterback and somebody who maybe is not seeing everything exactly the way that they should. You want to test them early. Young center, too, by the way. Yeah, I mean, you you look at at, at that whole protection aspect of it. If if you could send a blitz and get home, it's like, all right, we're running that again until they put that fire out. So I think for Zach, you know, obviously for the Jets, they want to get him some early completions, early success, build that confidence. And for Wink, it's, no, we want to put that fire out. We want to get get after him and hit him. And that's when the turnovers start to really show up. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought they had Tittman at center. He's actually been a guard. For Tittman's been a guard, so, yeah. Yeah, so Connor Montgomery's been at center. He's obviously done this for a while. So, uh, But again, just final, final question. Taping back to your memories of your Giants-Jets rivalry games, what is it like? Preseason, I'm throwing those out. Regular yeah. season, Giants-Jets, Brandon Jacobs, Rex Ryan, brawls. Take me back <laughs> to, to your favorite Giants-Jets memories. Yeah, well, it's funny. You bring up Brandon Jacobs. and uh, yeah, I think he <laughs> called Rex fat, fat boy or something. Um, so that was that was interesting banter. Um, you know, I, I think being in the area here, like I, I was friends with Mark Sanchez, Nick Mangold. Like you get to know some of the guys, Jabrickashaw Ferguson and – um, you know, we never there was never animosity between the Jets and the Giants players. It was kind of like, hey, we share a home. We're kind of like stepbrothers. Like, you know, you want to see them do well, but also when you're playing against each other, it's like, all right, you want to, you know, you you want to choke them out a little bit. Like, you want to show them who's boss. So, um, I think there's definitely some of that. I I always kind of go back to, you know, like when Bart Scott was there, and you know, they they had some, they always had some physical defensive players. Like, we knew when we're playing the Jets, like, all right, this is gonna be. You know, it's going to be a long day. I mean, there was, you know, you go all the way back. And um, 
I'm trying to think of the defensive end's name that um, is escaping. John, John Abraham. Oh, John Abraham. Yep. Yeah, Hugh mm-hmm. Douglas was a big part of that, but John Abraham was there. Like, they always had good pass rushers. That was always the key. So we knew as an offensive line, you know, we've got our work cut out for us. And then, of course, yeah. when they signed Chris Jenkins, that, that was – that was a beast of a move for us. So uh, definitely some some good battles, some good memories. Um, you know, I, I can't help but think about the um, the play that Victor Cruz made. You know, was, I think it was down on the three or four yard line, yeah. and he jukes Camardi and then outruns. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of who the safety was um, that he outrun for that that big touchdown, and that basically vaulted the uh, the Giants' season that year. And I'm looking forward to the remember we saw Sauce Gardner, Jalen Hyatt have that one one on one of the preseason game yeah. where Hyatt tried to beat him deep. I'm curious yeah. to see if we're going to have that matchup in this game. That could be fun. Yeah, a little a little Hyatt sauce. I like it. Absolutely, Sean. Good stuff, my man. Thanks, Sean. Sean O'Hara, Giants Huddle Podcast, brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the New York Football Giants. We'll see you next week, everybody.